0: Quantum mysticism. I never knew that existed. I only found out about it... Wait, grammar. I found out about it only today. Fascinating. Um, I, well, in hindsight, I shouldn't have been surprised. Um, the quantum mysticism comes about Via a process, we see all the time. Well, well, not all the time, yeah. We see it when we see it. But that's often. Uh, by way of introduction, or overture, or something, or prelude, or whatever you want to call it, I am about to... And bring a little snippet of my speaking that exists further along in this episode back here to the start. Um, here it comes. This is just a snippet, and then we'll get into the episode proper. <music> as soon as um, the scientists announced that they had a thing called quantum mechanics quantum theory, whatever you want to call it quantum mechanics, quantum physics, and that it dealt with things beyond the normal human experience um, that was a juicy piece of meat that uh, Henry VIII was just about to sort of yeah. You know, you know, the way they used to in medieval times, just go oh, take a big bite, Arr. you know, no knife and fork or anything. <laughs> um, and the dogs all pricked their ears up because it was a juicy, juicy piece of meat, more juicy than normal. Um, because Henry VIII said, um, This piece of meat that I've just got here is um, is beyond the normal human experience. And all the mystic, Dogs around the table waiting for the scraps, pricked their ears up and said, did you say beyond normal human experience? Aha, you are talking about matters supernatural. And they started panting and salivating Pavlov style. And then, um, Henry Eighth took a great big bite out of his, uh, big juicy piece of meat and he chucked it to the dogs, and the dogs and chowed down on it, you know Barrr. and um, and the dogs who weren't you know, they're, they're not thinking as clearly as Henry VIII quite possibly, um, they said oh, all this stuff is supernatural, supernatural, supernatural and Henry VIII looks down at the dogs and says no, it's natural it's just that we haven't experienced it before and the dogs are too busy, you know um, you know and tagging on sinews and eating and, they, and all the dogs are saying no, nah, no, nah, this is supernatural this is supernatural this is such a juicy piece of meat it's supernatural we knew it you know uh, all these centuries we've been saying that the world is all mystical and supernatural and we were right because you've just said it yourself, Henry VIII you've just invented quantum mechanics which is beyond the normal human experience and that is that mystical stuff we've been talking about all along it's all about, you know um, and Henry VIII says no, no, it's natural it's just small and we haven't seen it before and we didn't have any laws for it yet but now that we've seen it we're making some laws for it, okay and if they're wrong we'll make some more laws but, you know, this is physics and then all the dogs, the mystic dogs, they say, no, 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 it's supernatural because it's beyond the, um, it's beyond the ken of human understanding. And India said, no, no, we're actually starting to understand it. It's natural. No, it's supernatural. Natural. Supernatural. You know. And um, and you've got two camps there. And we're now in the twenty first century, and those two camps, apparently, from what my goddaughter has sent me, are called as follows. On the one hand, the scientists have, you know, the analogy being Henry VIII for the scientists, quantum mechanics. You know, and that stuff is useful. You know, you can make an iPhone out of it, right? And 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 and, um, we might even have quantum computers, which might make your life very good. You know, you might be able to watch movies quicker. Uh, off Netflix and all that sort of stuff, you know. Um, And you might be able to have very small phones, um, much smaller, you know, Um, because uh, you might have smaller batteries. You know, there's a lot of things you could do. All right. We could store information in atoms, you know, Um, instead of in silicon chips or something. I don't know, you know. Sorry, coffee. Now, um... So on the one side you've got, you know, people trying to explain something natural, and that's called quantum mechanics. But on the other side you've got these other, this other whole mob, the dogs around the table, who have picked up on something that seems to them to be supernatural because it's beyond the um, the uh, understanding, beyond the hu- ordinary human experience, and they say, oh wow, yeah, quantum and. Yeah, quantum's going to... Quantum, If you that's the frequencies of the universe. And if you get in touch with quantum, you'll be able to predict whether your relationship with this hot chick you just met down the street is going to work out, you know? Um, Or you can use it to predict um, whether you... You know, to pick the winning numbers in Tatsalotto this week. All you have to do is get in touch with quantum you know not quantum mechanics quantum the quantum they're talking about you know mystic quantum all right so i think somehow in that way um quantum has split into two camps quantum mechanics which is based on measurement reproducibility um experiment and all that sort of stuff that's quantum mechanics and there's a whole other camp, and there's two Wikipedia pages, you know, one one for one and one for the other, and there's another Wikipedia page that is about quantum mysticism. It's it's where you um, where you force the the hard science, you know, or the soft science, or the science at all. It's where you force the science to m- make true things you want to be true. Okay, so that's mysticism, you know, where you where you where you decide, you really decide that things are supernatural, you know. Where the scientists are trying to explain the natural and the mystics are trying to force the natural to be supernatural, you know, when it's probably just natural. Actually, a definition of natural is anything, nature is anything that happens inside the universe. You know, nature is happening, anything that happens in nature. You know, like if, if tomorrow someone, um, brought out a jug of water and turned it into wine, would that be a supernatural event? Of course not. It's happening in nature, inside nature. The scientists would all gather around and say, wow, we did not expect that. However, we have to modify our laws of physics now to accommodate that because it did happen in the natural universe. We shall declare that a natural event, you know, if water turns into wine, even just once, it's a natural event. It's all by definition whether something's natural or supernatural. If a miracle happens within the universe, it's natural. Does that make sense? Um, in the following episode, I scratch about a bit uh, trying to describe a process. Humans go through, and I was talking about specifically people who um, who believe in you know mystical things. Uh, I was picking on them a little bit. There's, there's a, everyone gets picked on eventually. I've got no problem with that. I've picked on I've picked on scientists before too. But anyway, I was um, fishing about. Uh, trying to describe this process people go through when they have some existing beliefs, you know, that they, that they have arrived at intuitively or with their imaginations, but no hard evidence, you know. And then some hard evidence does come across their desk from scientists scientists, let's say, So they have this sort of uh, faith, you know, belief in magic, whatever you want to call it. They believe in magic. And then some hard evidence comes along and um, they use the hard evidence that comes along as proof of what they already believed in, you know. They say, that proves what I was saying all along. That confirms is the word I didn't use. That I didn't use. That confirms what I've known all along. Um. And no matter what that other evidence is, as long as it's hard, it wouldn't matter what it, what that other evidence was. Whatever it is. Um, they would say it confirms what I already believed. Yeah, you know, and you can have three different people believing three absolutely different types of magic or religion or whatever, spiritualism, and they will all see that hard evidence, you know, that a scientist might come up with, having measured the thing, you know, that hadn't previously been measured via some new instrument that scientist had invented. And I use the example of a microscope and a telescope, you know, the lens, okay? So some new evidence comes to hand and um, spiritual people say, that proves what I've been saying all along, you know? And in the case of Galileo, uh, proving that the Earth wasn't at the centre of the universe, you know, you get people who were declaring the Earth to be at the centre of the universe and suddenly discovering that it isn't, saying, somehow managing to still say, Galileo just confirmed what I already believed, you know. And you sort of say, uh, but but you said, I heard you, you said the earth was at the centre of the universe and Galileo's saying it's not. And they said, yes, but you didn't, you you were hearing me, but you weren't really listening. You say, What? <laughs> Anyway, that process I did have I didn't have a term for it. In fact, I f- look I, I forgot what the term for that process is, you know, where you make something confirm what you already believed even if it didn't. And that term is confirmation bias. You know, I was describing confirmation bias in the following which was recorded earlier than I am speaking now. Um, And I was trying to describe confirmation bias, but I had forgotten the term. But that's what the term is, confirmation bias. It occurred to me later. So I'm chucking it in now. Let's get on with it. uh it's it's about something else as well i think um we humans uh, we we have little lives really you know, you know, if we weren't if we weren't if there's no difference between us and the chimpanzees um if we see a banana you know we say to ourselves that's a banana and eat it and that's it you know we don't go much further than that um but there's something in the following which is about um, the way um, hocus-pocus people, magic people, people who are into magic and all that sort of stuff, which I don't actually disrespect on one level, if you've listened to all my episodes. I don't disrespect faith. I don't do, there's a time for it, you know. Like I said, once upon a time. If Alexander the Great hadn't believed himself to be the next Achilles... Um, then maybe he wouldn't have been Alexander the Great, you know. Maybe he would have been Alexander, the, you know, the moderately pretty good, you know, that sort of thing, you know. So um, I'm not against faith. You know? Julius Caesar believed himself to be descended from Venus. You know, is that a bad thing? He was believing himself to be bigger than he was. You know? That might have been a bit political too. Who knows? But the point is, it's not a bad thing in and of itself, usually. For people to use their imaginations, and for example, take um, take you know some what some physics that physicists are coming up with, because that's what this um, episode is about, and um, and uh, and join that t- you know and and force that to uh, confirm, you know, confirmation bias, um, confirm everything they think is magic about the world, you know, that sort of thing anyway, yeah, and I don't disrespect that, except, you know, when it, it, well, when it either results in people slaughtering you, or annoying you, I'd rather be slaughtered. Quantum mysticism it's it's where something um, something legitimate you know what you might call you know legitimate uh, scientifically at least uh, comes about you know, and by scientifically i mean you know measurable and reproducible and all that sort of stuff you know um Independently verifiable, that sort of thing. You know, that sort of legitimacy. There's all sorts of legitimacies. There's a, legitism, a legitimacy uh, that you know Jesus provided. You know, in which water can be turned into wine. But I'm talking about the other sort of legitimacy, you know, where if where if some where someone does an experiment, and um, if you do the same experiment, later you will get the same result. That sort of legitimacy. Um, anyway, it's a process we see all the time, I think. Well, a lot of the time, where, via some legitimate method of experiment or whatever, you know, someone comes up with some ideas or theories or some maths or some equations and all that sort of stuff and, um, and and then someone uh, from the world of, what shall I call it, magic comes along and uh, looks at all of that and says something like... Uh, <laughs> I've known that stuff all my life. I've known that stuff since before I was born. Yeah. Um, we've been saying that for millions of years in our, you know, in our scriptures, for example. Yeah, you know, we've been saying that for thousands of years in our scriptures. Um, well, we wrote it in code, you know, because we wanted to make you uh, work for it. We wanted to give you a challenge. You know, you wanted a challenge, didn't you? But we've been saying this all along, and uh, and now you've finally caught up to us. Yeah. Um. Yeah, well, why didn't the uh, why didn't your scriptures? Couldn't they have just given us a formula or two, just to you know, uh, give us a little bit of a leg up? You know, uh, we could have saved a lot of lives if you had of. No, no, no. <laughs> We want you to work. <laughs> yes, uh, why? Why didn't, um, why didn't you put just a few formulas in there so we could at least uh, discover penicillin or something? Because a lot of people died, you know. Um, oh, that one was God's will. Oh, all right. <laughs> anyway, this episode is about that process, you know, where uh, yeah, humans, uh, what you might call discover something in the realm of Um, uh, uh, what the senses can detect, you know, the physical senses can detect. And uh, they discover something about that. And then the magic people come along and, you you know, take that and force it to gel with, you know, something much more vague that they've had rolling around in their heads for... A couple of thousand years, they, they 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 smash the specific stuff that you bring up into their vague stuff and say that you have just proved them right. Yeah. And scriptures often are very beautifully worded, so that they so that they can mean anything. That's um, yeah. the art of scriptures. It's the art of astrology. It's the art of a lot of things. Keep it vague. Keep it interpretable and all that sort of stuff. But that's not what all this is about. This is about a very specific case of this, and it's, it's the specific case of um, humans having uh, invented the lens, you know, as is used in the microscope and the telescope, um, which then allowed humans to detect very, very small things and very, very you know, big, big, big things, like small things like, you know, things smaller than the atom and big, big, big things like um, the Big Bang. (laughs) Um, It allowed humans to detect those things, which were outside the normal human experience. Of course, still natural, but outside the normal human experience. We're very egocentric. You know, we tend to think natural means whatever we can detect in our normal sort of human experience, you know, In which case, you know, something like X rays are unnatural, yeah. But you know, um, but X rays are natural. You know, we look, we've we've kind of bought into the X ray, haven't we? Um, And that's called natural too. But as we go even into, you know, even further along, past x-rays and microwaves and all sorts of things that we discovered, uh, you know, radiation, you know, we called all those things, we didn't call all those things magic, well, maybe they were called magic for a while, but we sort of said, oh no, come on, let's just call them natural. Um, we'll invite them in to the natural world, um, yeah, okay, we can handle those. But then we go further along and we see something very, very small, you know um and much more undetectable uh less detectable than an x-ray and uh you know um, um things smaller than the atom uh, you know electron behavior for example and uh yeah and the big bang and we look at that as humans and we say oh that's even wilder than x-rays and um and then, you know, the hocus-pocus magic people say, oh, it's outside the realm of human side, uh, human experience. It's outside our normal experience, so it's magic. You know, and then, you know, the scientist says, but you said that about x-rays you know, and radiation. Oh, yeah, yeah, but, um, uh, yeah, we, we brought them in. They're natural, but no, the next thing along the line that you're discovering, that's supernatural, you know. Um, and uh, that's the game. Yeah. and you know, look. Eventually, I suppose that gets rolled in and is is deemed natural, you know. Um, but at the moment, right now, as we sit here, um, the um, that thing which humans have sort of discovered a long time ago now, hundred and sort of something, hundred twenty years ago, hundred fifty years ago, um, that. That really small stuff, you know, the electron, for example, and, you know, stuff that's even smaller than that, you know, um, all that stuff is, you know, we, we pretty quickly found out it was obeying laws um, other than our, the laws of physics which we had developed by that point in time, you know, which were laws of physics that um, worked for our normal macro human experience, but not for the micro human experience and not for the ma- ma- the hugely macro, um, you know, universe, uh, you know, the, the Big Bang and all that sort of stuff and the speed of light, you know. The laws started breaking. St- the, our norm- The laws we had developed up to that point weren't working for these other things which humans had never had any experience of before, you know. So um, that was the new frontier of nature, you know what the what a scientist would call nature, but you know every time you go you push further, the magic people say, "Aha, that stuff! We're not used to that, therefore it's magic," you know, and uh, and without further ado, I'll bring on the episode. You know, and the, the following bit I recorded a little earlier in the car as I was driving home from work, and um, and. It's about kind of that game that we humans play, you know, and you get one set of people who develop a theory, you know, or maths and equations and everything to explain new experiences that we haven't detected before, you know, and in, in this case, those theories are, for example, quantum mechanics, you know, quantum physics, and the, yeah, there was a thing called quantum physics that was developed. Many years, yeah, you know, hundreds, hundred and something years ago, um, there was a thing called that, and it was developed to you know, model model. There's a good word, model. What was was actually being observed and measured at a very very micro level, you know, with the newfangled m- microscopes and other methods of detecting very small things, you know. um you know, and quantum mechanics came into play, you know. And uh, you know, like all good scientists, they say, we'll just put this in position until, you know, someone comes up with something better, but this is our best guess at the moment. This is our best modeling at the moment, you know. But then the magic people came along and said, ah, it's outside what we're used to. So um, by even discovering it, you have proved us right what we've been saying for thousands of years, you have proved us right. And we will take all this quantum mechanics you have invented and we will, uh, we will blend it with our magic that we've been talking about all these thousands of years and, um, and that blend we will call you know, the whole of quantum. You've only got a part of quantum, you know, your your petty formulas and your, you know, your theories and all that sort of so cautiously um, constructed, you know, you physicists. You know, you, you limit yourself so much, you know. You, you feel you have to measure everything before you use it, you know. Use your imaginations, you know. We will take that stuff that you've measure, measured and we will take your theories too, but we will put it in a big pot and blend it in with all our magic, you know, our imaginations, if you like. The stuff we've been imagining is true, you know. The, the way we can feel, you know, we imagine we can feel the frequency of the universe. In, um, We can just feel it. We close our eyes and we can feel it, you know. We can't measure it, but we can feel it. And um, we'll put all our feeling St- all that feely stuff, in with your sort of you know, your hard physics of measurement, and then your um, your modelling on top of that, we will put it all in a blender, and we will call that whole of quantum. You know, I made that term up just then. So you've got a limited idea of quantum, the stuff you can measure, and then. In which you can turn into theories and formulas. We've got a bigger idea. It's a blend of your stuff and our stuff. You know, you know the scientist says, "I know your stuff's just magic. You know, you know, we'll, we'll just keep it separate. You, you, know. um, yeah, you have your bit. We'll have our bit. Um, and the other guys, you know, the quantum mystics. They, they are now they're um, the first lot are the quantum physicists, but this new lot." are the quantum mystics, you know, and the new term that I learned today for the very first time, never heard it before, was, I forget what it was called, quantum mysticism, I think it is, you know, as distinct from quantum physics. Now, I think the physicists call them called the other one quantum mysticism, and say, you know, that's all the hocus-pocus stuff, you know, Um, and the quantum mystics themselves, they they think it's all, you know, they found a unified theory of the universe, you know, they've discovered that, and they put it all in the pot together, and... um, without having to measure the rest, you know, without having to put any more thought into it. They, um, they, you know, they, um, see quantum physics in the Bible, let's say, you know, or in astrology or something like that. They see it all there, you know. And they say that's that, you know. You proved the Bible right. Finally. Well done. You took a long time about it, though. We knew all along. (laughs) there's a frequency to it, you know, Um, uh, on the knocker, every single day, the sun comes up, the sun goes down, you know, and then people saw, and back in, with no real evidence, they say, well, if there's frequency in that, then there must be a frequency just hovering in the ether in the universe, you know, and back in the old times, they did make up an ether, you know, the idea of an ether, that was a theory actually by physicists, you know, because they were trying to explain something, you know. Um, and then they uh, discovered that the ether wasn't required and they found a different way of sort of explaining physical stuff. But the point is, the mystics are always hovering around the physics, a little bit like, um, um in at a at Henry VIII's table, you know, um, he's got a feast laid out there and all the dogs um, are hovering around the table waiting for the scraps to fall off the table and then they make something of those scraps, you know. So then what happens is um, so you get physicists who do confine themselves to stuff they have measured. It has to be measured. Okay. And um, and then they uh, try and find uh mathematics or systems or um, theories that would explain that which they have measured, you know, they have seen. You have to be able to see it, you know. It's not like um, Jesus turning water into wine, which, you know, nobody saw, or if they did, you know, there's no proof of it, you know. The science has to be something where you can measure it, and if you come back tomorrow and measure it again, you're going to see it again the same way. You know, it's not like um, people who say that if you truly pray that you will win Tesla then you will win, you know. Um, it's almost like, uh, and then if you don't win, they say you didn't pray hard enough, you know. That's just hocus-pocus, you know what I mean. You can see what's happening there, can't you? Um, just, they're just forcing something to be true, you know. Um, whereas if the sun rises in the morning, um, then you observe that as very different... I look, and that's a whole other story. It's possible that the sun won't rise tomorrow. Um, <laughs> okay. Um, anyway, what the mystics do, like a dog around King Henry VIII's table, they grab something that's physics and they say, well, you know, and, and it is a theory, and it, and it is a theory. Physi- it's, it's trying to find an explanation. See, what happened was. We humans started to see, you know, look into um, things that are so small or so big that they are beyond our normal experience, right? Beyond our normal experience. Now, when Henry VIII is sitting at his table, um, that is a very juicy piece of meat to the dogs. Around the table. You know, because imagine Henry VIII is a scientist. Yeah, you know, I'll run with this analogy. And he's sitting there and he grabs this great big bone, you know, with a juicy piece of meat and he says, I've just invented an electron microscope and I've looked in deeply to the atom and I've seen something very, very, very small and it seems to be not following the laws of physics as we understand them. Right? So, we are going beyond our normal experience, you know because we've evolved just to understand things on a macro level you know um, we did not ev- when we evolved it there was no um competitive advantage to us um comprehending stuff that happens at a micro 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 level at a nano uh, level you know there's, there's there was no point you know we didn't need to comprehend that, um, so we didn't learn that, you know. No competitive advantage, you know. Survival advantage, you know. Anyway, so, now we um, have got ahead of ourselves and we've invented microscopes and telescopes and all sorts of other things and the telescopes have um, have allowed us to dis- sort of discover, if you like, um, the Big Bang and the extent of the universe and all that sort of stuff. When you put it all together, we have gone to the, you know, we've been able to see to the edges of the universe. We've been able to see to all the edges of the universe… the size of the universe, the very extremity, the start of the universe, the fastest that uh, anything in the universe can be… you know, the speed of light, the coldest that anything in the universe can be. These are all the extremities of the universe You can have the extremities of a, the universe in a laboratory down the street, in your local physics lab, if they can get it down, if they're in that laboratory, they've got a little, a pretty fast, a pretty amazing fridge with nitrogen in it or whatever, that's very close to absolute zero temperature, that's just as much an extremity of the universe, you've gone to the edge of the universe inside that room, just as much as if you jumped on a spacecraft and went to the edge of the, the actual universe, you know, or went back in time all the way to the Big Bang, you know. Um, actually, every time... Like, I'm, I've got my car parked outside my brother's place where I'm picking up my... You, Harley, and you, Alex. Um, and I'm looking at light, you know, the, my headlights. Now, the particles, or waves, or both, whatever those light sort of rays are that are coming into my eyes bouncing off the light and the road and all that sort of stuff in front of me, they're coming into my eyes at the speed of light. That's interesting. I am experiencing the very edge of the universe right there just by, um, by, uh, rec- by being able to detect the speed of light. You know, light is hitting my retina at the speed of light. That's amazing. Sorry, drinking coffee. And, um, so, all right. Now, but here's what happens. That's a juicy, juicy piece of ham. At King, uh, King Henry VIII's table, I have just announced that, um, you know, imagine I'm Einstein or someone back then, you know. Um, I announce that I have just seen further than any human has ever seen before into, you know, beyond normal human experience. I've seen something so small and and when I saw that thing, it was not following um, the rules that the things that are in my normal universe, you know, the macro things like cars and, you know, um, meteors falling out of the sky, you know, big things, you know. um, And when I kick a football, the way it moves, you know. When I fire a cannonball off my ship at the Frenchies, yeah. I know what sort of angle to put that cannon at, and I know that the cannonball is going to fly up a little bit and then going to come back down again like a parabola, you know, and hopefully blow those Frenchies sky high, you know. All that I understand. I understand all that physics, you know. Um, but now I'm looking deep into an atom and I'm seeing things that I, I, the m- humans have never experienced before. And I announce this, I've seen things that um, uh, are not natural to my normal human experience. Well, of course not, you know, because in evolution, you're not going to adapt to things that you can't even detect, you know, and we've only detected these things re- use, um, recently, you know, if you needed to see such things, you could, you would, you know. Um we can't see sound waves because we don't need to. We hear them instead, you know. We evolved to what we need. You know, the eye, the eye did not develop sufficiently to see sound waves. Uh, that doesn't make sense, but you know, it does make sense, you know. Right. Um, okay. I should have said x-rays there or something, you know, or microwaves. Our eyes did not develop sufficiently to be able to see microwaves. And x-rays and things like that, you know, um, because we didn't need to. You know? Right, now, um, anyway, what happened with all the physicists? They started seeing things they'd, that no human had ever seen before and started d- detecting things uh, that no humans had ever seen before, like redshift, you know, in the, in the galaxies, you know, things like this. Um, And they said, well, just the normal sort of laws of physics we've developed so far um, aren't working for these things that are beyond normal human experience on a micro level. They worked on a macro level, but they're not working on a micro level. Look, you shouldn't be surprised by that, and that's... In fact, you should have, in retrospect, we should have kind of guessed or expected that to be the case. But anyway, we haven't got any laws for all this stuff. This is a whole new experience for us, okay? That's all right. It's a new experience. So we expect there to be new physics. But um, physicists started to try and think, well, we've observed this stuff. They most definitely did observe this stuff. There's a whole lot of stuff related to this, you know. Uh, One big one was, you know, the way light works, you know. People thought that light was particles, you know. And other people thought light light was waves, you know, light waves. And and other people thought they were light particles moving, um, you know, um, emanating from the sun and coming down to earth and all that sort of stuff, you know, lots of little... Photons, you know, um, of, well, people, I think people thought they were waves. Look, people didn't know what light was. Anyway, and then um, physicists at some stage, you know, early 20th century, uh, yeah, um, started to say, oh, my goodness, sometimes light acts like a particle, like a whole stream of particles, and not like a wave at all, so definitely not a wave. You know, when you measure them in from one perspective... But then when you measure them in a different way, they act exactly like waves and definitely not particles. So they are definitely not particles and they definitely are waves looked at from one angle and vice versa when looked at from another angle. And physicists said, now, you know, we don't have any, you know, our normal human experience doesn't have any laws for this. And then they set about... um, creating, you know, they had to catch up really, you know, because we're dumb chimpanzees really, so we're, we're going to the next level now. They said, oh, all right, everybody, you know, Scramble. We need to come up with some laws. It took us ages to make those other laws of physics, you know, Newton and all that sort of stuff, and Maxwell or whatever, um, Newton and all that. It took us, you know, it took us thousands and thousands of years. We've got to come up with something quick because this is all new. And they did come up with some stuff and it was pretty good, you know. And then they came up with better stuff, you know, and they threw the first ones out. You know, because science does that. It makes up theories that work, you know, but then, you know, they find a circumstance where it doesn't work, so they say, all right, throw that out, let's make another one, scramble. You know, that's science. Um, It's a process. Science is a process. It's not truth. It's a process. Okay. Uh, It's got nothing to do with, you know... It's not not in the same game as, you know, religion. You know, it's not an alternative. It's not in competition with religion. It's just a thing all by itself. It's a method. Right. Anyway, so, um... The human race, um, scrambled and developed theories, um that, well, how shall I put it, worked. And what I mean by worked is when they applied those theories again, they got the same result. That's what science is all about. Uh Um, So, you know, they created formulas and blah, 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 and theories and all that sort of stuff, how it would make sense, and then they put it out to all the other scientists and they said, can anyone anyone, um, tear this down? When the other scientists say, no, we can't at the moment, Maybe we will one day, but not yet. And when they apply these new rules, um, and and and, and um, reproduce the experiments, they get the same result every time. They sort of say, "All right, we're going to lock this in as a, a new law." of physics a new rule of physics um one very interesting such new law or theory of physics you know because when they say laws laws can be changed you know just like in in society you know such and such is a law it is truth you know you're not allowed to you there's no capital punishment in australia you know you can't um but you know that can be changed and physics does that as well um physicists get actually very excited um when um, when they have a law and then they observe something that breaks that law. They get very excited. You know, That's the opposite of um, religious people who uh, they find a law in their realm and they call it truth and it can't be broken. You know, they get depressed if someone tries to and they, ang- they get angry. See, religious people, if you try and challenge their ideas, they get angry or smug, you know, Or dismissive, you know. uh, But scientists get excited. It's a whole different way of thinking, you know. Anyway, so what happened was... um, the uh scientists you know around about a hundred and something years ago um discovered all this stuff and it was just purely because they had invented microscopes and telescopes it was because they had invented the lens you know and they were able to detect things that no detect things that no living organism had ever detected before you know and um, and the things, you know, beyond the normal physical experience, you know, it wasn't supernatural, it was still natural, it's just that we hadn't experienced it before, so we had to, um, quickly catch up, you know. People say, but then the, and they say, we've got um, one such theory that they came up with that did explain things quite nicely was quantum theory or quantum mechanics, you know, and, when they developed quantum mechanics, and you know, and lots of other experiments after that, and lots of other theories and all that sort of stuff, they were able to turn all that around and start making wonderful inventions for us all. Yeah, and I suppose that I suppose that ended up, you know, that's why I'm speaking into an iPhone and sitting, and why I'm sitting in a car right now, because you know, we were able to harness all of those theories and um, apply them back into nature and start inventing things using that information so they became useful you know all that science became useful quantum mechanics became useful in a very practical way um blah 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 all right now but as soon as um the scientists announced that they had a thing called quantum mechanics quantum theory whatever you want to call it quantum mechanics quantum physics and that it dealt with things beyond the normal human experience, um, that was a juicy piece of meat that uh, Henry VIII was just about to ch- sort of, you know, you know, the way they used to in medieval times, just, okay, take a big bite, you know, no knife and fork or anything. <laughs> um, and the dogs all pricked their ears up because it was a juicy, juicy piece of meat, more juicy than normal, um, because Henry VIII said, um, this piece of meat that I've just got here is um, is beyond the normal human experience, and all the mystic dogs around the table waiting for the scraps pricked their ears up and said, did you say beyond... Normal human experience, aha! You are talking about matters supernatural, and they started panting, and salivating Pavlov style, and then um, Henry VIII took a great big bite out of his uh, big juicy piece of meat, and he chucked it to the dogs, and the dogs were and chowed down on it, you know, Barrr. and um, and. The dogs, who weren't, you know, they're, they're not thinking as clearly as Henry VIII, quite possibly, um, they said, oh, all this stuff is supernatural, 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 and Henry VIII looks down at the dogs and says, no, it's natural, it's just that we haven't experienced it before, and the dogs are too busy, you know, um... pulling and tagging on sinews and eating it and all the dogs are saying no, no, this is supernatural this is supernatural this is such a juicy piece of meat it's supernatural we knew it, you know Uh, all these centuries we've been saying ...that the world is all mystical and supernatural... ...and we were right... ...because you've just said it yourself, Henry VIII... ...you've just invented quantum mechanics... ...which is beyond the normal human experience... ...and that is that mystical stuff we've been talking about all along... ...it's all about, you know... Um, ...and Henry VIII says, no, no, it's natural... ...it's just small and we haven't seen it before... ...and we didn't have any laws for it yet... ...but now that we've seen it, we're making some laws for it, okay... ...and if they're wrong, we'll make some more laws... ...but, you know, this is physics... And then all the dogs, the mystic dogs, they say, no, 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 it's supernatural because it's beyond the, um, it's beyond the ken of human understanding. And India said, no, no, we're actually starting to understand it. It's natural. No, it's supernatural. Natural, supernatural. You know, and um, and you've got two camps there. And we're now in the twenty-first century, and those two camps, apparently, from what my goddaughter has sent me, are called as follows. On the one hand, the scientists have, you know, the analogy being Henry VIII for the scientists, quantum mechanics. You know, and that stuff is useful. You know, you can make an iPhone out of it, right? And and and, and um, we might even have quantum computers, which might make your life very good. You know, you might be able to watch movies quicker. Uh, off Netflix, and all that sort of stuff, you know. Um, And you might be able to have very small phones, um, much smaller, you know, Um, because uh, you might have smaller batteries. You know, there's a lot of things you could do. All right. We could store information in atoms, you know, Um, instead of in silicon chips or something. I don't know, you know. Sorry, coffee. Now, um... So, on the one side, you've got, you know, people trying to explain something natural, and that's called quantum mechanics. But on the other side, you've got these other, this other whole mob, the dogs around the table, who have picked up on something that seems to them to be supernatural, because it's beyond the, um, the, uh, understanding, beyond the ordinary human experience, and they say, oh, wow, yeah, quantum, and... Yeah, quantum's going to... Quantum, if you... That's the frequencies of the universe. And if you get in touch with quantum, you'll be able to predict whether your relationship with this hot chick you just met down the street is going to work out, you know? Um, Or you can use it to predict um, whether you... You know, to pick the winning numbers in Tatsalotto this week. All you have to do is get in touch with quantum you know not quantum mechanics quantum the quantum they're talking about you know mystic quantum all right so i think somehow in that way um quantum has split into two camps quantum mechanics which is based on measurement reproducibility um experiment and all that sort of stuff that's quantum mechanics and there's a whole other camp, and there's two Wikipedia pages, you know, one one for one and one for the other, and there's another Wikipedia page that is about quantum mysticism. It's it's where you um, where you force the the hard science, you know, or the soft science, or the science at all. It's where you force the science to m- make true things you want to be true. Okay, so that's mysticism, you know where you where you where you decide you really decide that things are supernatural, you know where the scientists are trying to explain the natural and the mystics are trying to force the natural to be supernatural you know when it's probably just natural, actually a definition of natural is anything nature is anything that happens inside the universe you know nature is happening anything that happens in nature you know like if if tomorrow someone um brought out a jug of water and turned it into wine would that be a supernatural event of course not it's happening in nature inside nature the scientists would all gather around and say wow we did not expect that however we have to modify our laws of physics now to accommodate that because it did happen in the natural universe we shall declare that a natural event you know if water turns into wine even just once it's a natural event It's all by definition, whether something's natural or supernatural. If a miracle happens within the universe, it's natural. Does that make sense? Because it comes down to, you know, it's not a matter of opinion. It's a matter of definition. A matter of definition. If you define something, if you define the word natural as anything that happens within the universe, then you can't have a miracle. Because if if a miracle happens, it's natural. And you have to find some physics to fit. Okay. You know, and the physics of water into wine would be that um, almost always water does not spontaneously turn into wine. However, it was captured on video and with, you know, a, a room full of scientists and with everyone with their iPhones out, and right in front of their eyes, a jug of water in a glass jug turned into wine, Right. So that becomes, that gets locked in as something that was observed and measured. It's a natural event. It's not a supernatural event. Of course, there'll be a few um, religious people in the room that start crying, and Jesus, and, you know, oh, my God, we have witnessed a miracle, you know. But any smart scientist in the room will say, no, it's not a miracle. It happened within nature. We saw it. It's measured. It's observed. So we have to actually just lock it in as something we saw, and we have to create some physics around it. You know, it's a matter of definition. But look, getting back to what this whole episode's about, really, quantum started out as, um, you know, uh, as a an activity within the world of science to explain observed things and you know things that uh, and measured things. All right. That's what quantum mechanics was and then that was like henry the sitting at the table and he, he you know he had this juicy piece of meat okay and then he threw that meat to the dogs and the dogs made something of it other than what it is and the latter is called quantum mysticism so there's two different types of quantum in the world now quantum mechanics which is, you know, stuff that you can use to make iPhones, and quantum mysticism, mysticism, which is stuff that's a little bit like astrology, you know. It can be useful to you if you truly believe. All right, that'll do on that. Epilogue, somewhere in all of that I um, had fun playing with the idea that by definition you can say, if you wish, nobody can stop you, that anything that happens within the natural universe, within the boundaries of the natural universe, However, you want to define that. You know, I kind of think of that as everything you know, inside the big ball that is the universe you know, that is defined by the exploding big bang. You know, so now if if the Earth is if the um, universe is fourteen point seven is it billion years old, then the radius of the universe. Is 14.7 billion light years. Isn't it? Uh, Okay, so a big ball, you know, is the universe, a big balloon, or a small balloon, you know. uh, If it's not a big universe, I have no idea whether this is a big universe or not because I can't compare it to any other universe. It might be one of the smaller ones for all I know. Right, (laughs) you know what I mean. Right, now, somewhere in all of that episode just now, I had fun with the idea that you can say to yourself, uh, I am going to define that anything that happens within that big balloon is within the natural universe. That's not a crazy thing to say. Uh, but it does mean that if, a, if, a, if something that seems like a miracle Occurs within that sort of sphere, that sphere, um, then um, it's not a miracle. It's natural, a a natural. It's a a natural occurrence. Yeah, if water turns into wine, my favorite, um, spontaneously. Yeah, all those H two O molecules just spontaneously turn into wine molecules. And I don't know what a wine molecule looks like. I presume it's sort of organic or something, with little alcohol OH bits hanging off, (laughs) something like that. All right. And spontaneously, H2O, you know, the bonds are broken and um, nuclear fusion occurs all over the joint, bit of nuclear fission and every all the atoms rearrange and turn into wine it's fantastic absolutely fantastic yeah um yeah um yeah. chew on that oppenheimer <laughs> you think you're good right now um so you can define everything as natural yeah, and that's my preferred way of looking Things I say, look, if it happens inside the universe, it's natural. Um, and they and things that seem like a miracle only seem that way because they're outside our normal human experience, you know. And for some people, winning Tazzloto feels like a miracle and they start praising God, you know. Uh, but someone wins Tazzloto every year, uh, sorry, every week. So it's not really a miracle. It just feels like a miracle because it's out to that person who wins because it's outside that person's normal human experience, and they honestly, you know, they feel a tingly feeling right through their body, you know, as they realise, you know, they watch their numbers drop and they check their ticket five times and they look at the TV again. and They say, "I've won," you know, and they get they start to feel dizzy with joy and all that sort of thing and um feel faint and they say this is a miracle this is a miracle you know but it's not it happens every week you know? so just because something feels like a miracle doesn't mean it is you know you, if you define everything that happens inside the natural universe as a natural occurrence right now by the same token it is just as valid and i probably won't explore that here It's just as valid to say that everything, absolutely everything, is supernatural. Because even physicists kind of agree that um, the mechanisms via which the universe came into being was supernatural in some way, shape or form, or it seems to be. You know, the Big Bang... Sort of came from nowhere, or came from God, or came from some something that's not even a thing. Maybe you know we just have no concept. We can't. This is even wilder than the. You know, the Big Bang is even crazier than the idea of water turning into wine because we can almost imagine that because you know we're dealing with real things. Water and wine. We're still in the real world talking about those things. So water turning into wine is a sort of feels like a miracle unless it happens one day and it's, you know, and it's documented and recorded and, you know. All right, anyway. Um, so um, you can argue that everything in the universe is supernatural, yeah you know? But I prefer, and, and it's your choice, this is why I don't disrespect people who are into magic, you know. But I, I suppose I sort of say to them, look, if you want to call turning water into wine, you know, if you do believe Jesus did that, a miracle, then seriously, you know, is, is the existence of a stone on the footpath, is that less a miracle? You know, so you almost get into a catch-22 situation where, you know, like in my world, Everything's natural if it happens inside the natural universe. And if water does get turned into wine one day, I'll call that natural. No more, you know, no more freaky than the existence of a stone on a footpath or the footpath itself, you know. Um, know, uh, Because, those, you know, just our our sheer existence is just mind-blowing, you know, to us because we've got small brains, you know. We've only got our limited experience and perspective and all that sort of stuff, you know. We are so small in our brains that a lot of us think, oh wow, this universe is so complex and big and, you know, enormously big and we're just a speck that it's just blowing my mind, therefore there must be a god. You know what I mean? You sort of say, "Yeah, yeah, but it might not be that complex, this universe. It might be a pretty basic model. It might be simple. It might be quite small. Yeah, it might be really nothing, yeah. It's not that amazing, yeah. know. Um, I remember Beavis and ButtHead in an episode, and they were taken to the Hoover Dam, and someone was describing how big the Hoover, you know, the the guide, was. Um, took them to the Hoover Dam and said, "This is the biggest dam in the world," you know, with American accents, and um, it holds, you know, fifty-five trillion gigalitres of water, you know. And Beavis up the back, and I think he had a point, said, that's not that big. <laughs> Which, but to that he added, I've seen bigger. <laughs> Which Now, the first comment, I don't mind, it's not that big, you know, um, because it's all relative. And uh, the second comment, he might have been fibbing. <laughs> but you get my point. <laughs> all right. So the whole world, you know, look, I'm just as happy with the idea that the whole world is supernatural as well. But for the purpose of just getting around, you know, um, and you know, creating formulas and all that sort of thing, I find it more, you know, practically useful. It's, it's sort of pointless to me thinking of the universe as supernatural. So that's the only reason I don't bother with that. Um, and. Um, it's got a lot of pra- – there's a lot of practical benefits to believing or defining, you know, um, the universe to be all natural. Right? Now, you, now, look, most a lot of people go f- go for a mixture. You know, some things are natural and some things are supernatural and they pick and choose. Uh, no, you know, they've got a right to do that, uh, but I've got a right to think that that's doesn't make much sense at all. Um, it's a bit arbitrary, isn't it? Um, but yeah, oh, I just wanted to make that point that I don't disrespect people who believe that this universe is supernatural because I do too, you know, when I'm in the mood to define it that way. But when I'm just waking up in the morning and I want to get the day done, you know, it's, it's more convenient for me to define it as natural. End of episode this time. I don't know if I've said that before. Yes, all right, I was a billion years off on the age of the universe, but, you know, a billion years, is that a long time, is it, it's just a detail, Uh, these episodes aren't about small details like that, Uh, these episodes are about me just freewheeling off the top of my head, and a billion years isn't much. Uh, I can't get my head around it anyway, because you know, Indigenous people being here in Australia seems a long, a long time. That blows my mind sixty-five thousand years. Very hard to get my head around that. Yeah, you know, but then, you know, you'd have to sixty-five thousand years. You know, that's sort of on the way to a hundred thousand, and to get to a billion, you have to think of that hundred thousand years. You know, which is the amount of time the Indigenous people have been here, and think of that again, you know, once again, and again, and again, you know, ten times. What does that get you back to? One million years, yeah. And then you've got to repeat that entire process, you know, that entire process to get back to a million years, and oh my goodness, you know, and you've got to do that a hundred times. That a hundred times, you know, uh, to get back to the dinosaurs. That takes you back to around about a hundred million years ago. Um, then you've got to multiply you got to do all of that again ten times to get to a billion years. All of that, you know. Um, ten times over, just Uluru sitting in the middle of Australia for the whole time. How many days is that, you know? Um, and, uh yeah. So over all that time—that's a billion years—but yeah, that might be just a click of a finger, really. Is that a long time? Yeah. If so, compared to what? Your lifespan? Yeah. Um, or yeah, to yeah. Maybe there was someone who made this universe, and that thing. Or that nothing, or whatever it is, um, thinks ah, oh, only just gotten, only just gotten started. You know, thirteen point seven billion years. That's, that's nothing compared to what I've got in store for this universe. It's got to last for a long, yeah, thirteen point seven billion years. I might keep it going for a billion billion years. Yeah, you know? thirteen point seven. I've only just got it started. You know, who knows? Um, it's a minor detail. Yeah, you know? if I get if I get things wrong. To the tune of a billion years. Just let it slide. Doesn't matter. For the purposes of this podcast.